From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. We are now in Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, this has so much to say about the world around us today that I don't know if I'm just going to go deep or really, really, really deep. Um, the, the What happened at Sodom and why it was such a sin that God saw and um, why why the angels destroyed the city um, is worth spending a little bit of time on. And I, I haven't uh, prepared much for today. Uh, this So this is kind of a stream of consciousness because I have so many different thoughts in my head about this topic that I don't, I don't know, you know how far I'm going to go uh, before YouTube or, or Facebook you know, take me down for hate speech or something. I don't know. I mean, I love all people. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll just we'll just get into it and um, and hopefully uh, you'll still respect me in the morning um, and uh, and we'll just go for it. But here's here's where we are. Let's just go ahead and read the first part of it. Genesis chapter 19. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening. So just to kind of tell you where we are, we had, a, we had a theophany. We had what I believed was God made flesh, could have been Jesus. I think it is Jesus. I like to think it was Jesus and two angels with him. They come and they see Abraham. They have a discussion with Abraham. Abraham and this angel or and Jesus, Yahweh, it says in the scripture, agreed that if they can find 10 people in Sodom, they're not going to destroy Sodom. So now Jesus goes away. It's now just the two angels arriving in Sodom. So um, we'll go back to that story. The two angels arrive at Sodom in the evening and Lot, Abraham's nephew, was sitting in the gateway of the city. When Lot saw them, he got up to meet them and he bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet, spend the night, go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But Lot insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. And before they had gone to bed, all of the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who have come to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. All right. So, man, there's a lot here. So now we're finding out why God shows up at Abraham's house. Uh, the theophany um, has a twofold part to it. The first part is to see Abraham and Sarah and say that all the nations will be blessed because of you. The second part is so that the angels can continue on into Sodom and destroy the city. Um, and we now know why it is that they want to destroy the city. It is, it is clear to me, as clear as it can be, in verse 5, they called to Lot, 
Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out so that we can have sex with them. Um, so to me, the, the, the sin or part of the sin or, you know, one component of the sin in Sodom is that when you get a stranger coming into your house, uh, all the men want to come and have sex with that stranger. Now, a couple things. First of all, the word sex here doesn't actually show up in scripture. Um, it is the word yada. Now, we've talked about yada before. It's when Adam knew Eve. Yada means knew or to know, to know in a biblical uh, carnal sense. Uh, and we had kind of fun with that back in Genesis, right? When uh, we talked about Adam knowing Eve, it's that yada. And in remember that Moses is writing these words. Uh, he, he is writing the, the Torah, the first five books, including Genesis, the very book, first book of the Bible, is written by Moses. And he has to try to find a way to discuss in intimate detail what is going on in certain locations in Scripture. And the way that Moses chooses to do that is to use the word yada. But in the Old Testament, in Genesis, every place where yada is used, uh, it is, um, well, there's other places where the context is clearly to know, right? But, but you can tell in certain instances in Genesis where it is yada basically to know, but it's to know in a biblical sense. It's to know in a sexual sense. It's to, uh, to do sexual things uh, under the thing of yada. And these men have come out and they say, bring us out so that we can yada them. And it is very, very clear. It's the young and the old and they're coming after these angels in a way that that is not the way that we are, that God created the order of things according to Genesis. Um, now, th there are obviously this is a hot topic in the world today, and um, there are lots and lots and lots of debates about whether or not. Um, this type of activity is sinful. And um, I mean, that's why it's so difficult to talk about Genesis 19, because we are talking about a very, very clear, no ambiguity whatsoever, what these men were after. Now, um, I think we'll spend a little bit of time then talking about uh, a whole bunch of range of issues. One is that in the uh, gay community today, um, in order for them, if you are a, let, let's just say you are a gay Christian and you want to um, follow scripture as well as you can um, and you come across this story uh, this is a very, very difficult story for you. But many Christians have come back and reinterpreted or looked at these verses in Scripture and tried to figure out, is there another interpretation of this story that I can rely on that will calm my conscience uh, 
in my homosexuality, in my gayness. And um, the, they have tried, there, there are very many, if you get on the internet and look on Genesis 19 in Sodom and Gomorrah, you will find a whole bunch of different things. One of them, uh, the, like the main argument out there today um, for the gay community is that when you look at Genesis 19, the sin isn't that the men wanted to have sex with the two angels. The sin is, is that there was no hospitality. <laughs> that, that, um, that uh, you know, these were people who were being uh, given food and shelter in Lot's house and that they were going to come and, and violate Lot's hospitality. Um, that's kind of one of the interpretations to help them deal with these verses. Uh, another one is that perhaps they were coming in and they were going to um, violate these two angels without their consent. And that maybe it was the without their consent that is the problem. Now, um, you, can, you can look at this all you want, but as I read this, and I mean, you know, we'll get into application and what this means maybe tomorrow, and it might even take us a week to get through this. But if you look at the scripture and how it's read, and you read it as literally and as openly and as honestly as you possibly can, it is clear to me that what they're looking at here is that they want to yada the two angels, and there's no way around it simply no way around it. Now, we can reinforce that by taking a look at what comes next. So I just want to, and we're going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to look and see what happens next. Um, so let's just really quickly take a look at that. Um, Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him. And he said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Wicked thing. So Lot's seeing that He's using the same word, wickedness. It's a wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. They're virgins. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them whatever you'd like, but don't do anything to these men, for they have come under my protection, under my roof. All right, so Lot sees it as a sexual thing. Um, it, that there's no question in my mind that the men that have come into Lot's presence have a hunger and a thirst for sex, and Lot's trying to diffuse the situation by offering his daughters. I mean, that says a lot about the situation. I don't know how you can read it any other way. Um, I'm sure that you can look at it, you can go back and, but it, you know, as the simplest reading that you can ever make of this whole entire thing is that Lot um, is protecting these two men from sexual advances from all the men in the community. And he's offering his daughter. So now we get a, even an indication of how wicked things are in Sodom, right? The things are so bad in Sodom, in my opinion, that a stranger comes in and the men all gather around like dogs in heat around a, you know, uh, male dogs around a female dog in heat and they can't stop themselves. I mean, that's how bad it's gotten Sodom. Um, and they are, 
this is definitely the sin of Sodom. There's no question about it. I don't know how you can, you can, I mean, now this says nothing about anything else. And this isn't, uh, we will get into what this means and what the implications are for today. But I just need for you to be clear that that is what the sin of Sodom was. And there's no denying it. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a piece of it here. Um, the question that you have to ask yourself uh, then is why is it such a bad sin, right? I mean, sex is, um, you know, a gift of God. And, uh, you know, there, there are people who would say, what, what does it matter how and when and under what circumstances you have sex? Because we're created to have sex. I mean, obviously, because everybody, we're all here because of that act. I mean, you're watching this because somewhere at some point, somebody uh, yadad somebody. Um, but uh, so, you know, what's so, I mean, if, if it's two consenting people uh, doing this, what does it matter? And I have thought about this for a long time. I mean, for years. Um, and to me, I think it goes back to Abraham and Sarah and maybe even back to creation. Because if you look in the Garden of Eden, one of the commands that God has is to be fruitful and multiply. To be fruitful and multiply. And it is hard to be fruitful and multiply if you're not yadaing somebody where you're gonna get fruitful and multiplying, okay? And, and I think maybe one of the reasons why God has put in the Old Testament, there's lots of them, restrictions against uh, yadaing with somebody where there's no fruitful and multiplying is because you can't fruit, be fruitful and multiply. That's a command that God wants. He wants us to continue expanding the human race. And, um, and I know that people say, well, at some point we're gonna have so many humans that we can't, that the earth will be overpopulated, there won't be food, there won't be water, it'll be destitution, it'll be horrible. And if that's your mindset, that we've got enough people on the earth, we don't need any more, then, then maybe we don't yada anymore. Maybe we don't create any more humans, except that I don't think God's commandment to humans has ever ended. And I think he wants us to continue to do two things. There were two commandments that he gave in the Garden of Eden. One was to be fruitful and multiply, and one is to subdue the earth. And so in my head, in my heart of hearts, when I think about it, I think that at some point we will figure out how to create a world that can have vastly more people than we have today and a world that, that still remains beautiful um, and it, I know this is, my wife yelled at me. She didn't yell at me. She teased me last time when I talked about this, but wouldn't it be interesting? I mean, I find it interesting that the amount of food that we need, if you'd have looked a hundred years ago in the United States and said, this is all the people we can handle because this is all the food we can grow. But it was before farm tractors and it was before insecticides and, and seed understanding and water and all that. Now we can feed so many more people. And 
now we have more people on the earth. We've yadad more people and we figured it out. And wouldn't it be wild if we figure out space travel? This is where my wife just yells at me, but maybe we'll figure out another earth to inhabit um, at the same time that this earth gets overpopulated and we'll, you know, but we have to continue yadaing. I mean, I just wonder if it all goes hand in hand and I won't be around for it. Um, I'm either a prophet, um, you know, looking into the future or I'm a crazy person. And, um, and most likely I'm both, okay? Because <laughs> I do think about this stuff. I've thought about it for a long time. I mean, I really, really think the reason why uh, isn't necessarily because of, uh, you know, the hospitality or that, but it's because it violates the first commandment of God, which is be fruitful and multiply. To do that, um, you have to yada with people um, of the opposite sex. And um, maybe at its root, this is why God is so angry with the sin of Sodom. Maybe in the sin of Sodom, they just... They're rampantly wild, you know, yadaing with whoever and whatever, and they're losing sight of the fact that the command was to be fruitful, multiply, and when you yada with somebody, you are creating a bond that should not be broken. Um, and that, I don't know if we've even talked about that yet. Maybe we have, but um, there is a reason why you yada with one person. It creates a bond and a solid foundation for the offspring of that to have a solid home and a solid place. And history has shown this throughout mankind. Now, I know there's other ways that we can look at this, and maybe we'll get into that later. But in my opinion, I do not see another interpretation of, of these verses out of Genesis. So um, I guess maybe uh, I've probably gotten into a lot of hot, hot water as it is. I might start getting hate mail. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. But um, this is... We're not done with this story yet, so don't send the hate mail just yet. Um, we have to really investigate this, and we might spend one or two or three days on this because it is such a fascinating topic. It is such a, fa and it's so relevant to our world today. So um, that's kind of my stream of consciousness today. Um, it still has blue skies, so I don't know where my, my uh, flood warning is, but... Um, We'll just have to watch out for it. And uh, so let's close in prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Um, thank you for your word, which gives us guidance for living. Um, pray that you be with everybody that's listening to my voice, that you would keep them safe and in your grace. In Jesus' name we pray.